0: Hello, hello, hello. This is the Vanilla JS Podcast. I'm Chris Ferdinandi. Thanks so much for joining me. Today, I'm going to be talking about how to land your first developer job, or if you're already employed, how to get a new one. Um, so, not many people know this, but um, well, actually, I guess a handful of people know this at this point because they talk about it a fair bit. But if you don't already know this, uh, before I was a web developer, I was an HR guy, and um, I had a few different roles, but um, For a good portion of that, my focus was on career development for software engineers. Um, I helped them figure out what they wanted to do next, how to find open roles, how to perfect their resumes, interview better, and so on. Um, And when I decided that I wanted to make the jump from human resources into web development, I actually took all the skills I had been teaching other engineers for a few years and used them to make my own career jump. So today, I wanted to share with you some of the insider tips that I know just from being in human resources before that you can use to find your first developer role. Or again, if you're already employed, find a new job, a better job, if you're ready to make the change. Because um, the job process, interviewing, uh, putting together a resume, it's just, it sucks. It all sucks. And I want to make it a little less painful for you. Um, so um, the single most important thing that you can do for your career is networking. And yeah. Networking can feel uncomfortable for some people because um, we often think about networking as, like, you go to these really shitty events with, like, bad coffee and pastry and you're forced to make small talk with a bunch of people and it's just this boring old, like, what do you do? Okay, what do you do? Great, nice to meet you. Next. Like, that's just – that that sucks. I hate those things. They were never fun. I'm bad at small talk. Um and uh, it just really sucks. So like the, the most important thing to know about networking is it doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to be awkward. It doesn't have to be at one of those big events. In fact, it's probably better if it's not. Those events suck. Um, so the, the thing that, that literally helped me more than anything else in my career was reaching out to folks who were in jobs that I thought I might want to do someday or companies where I thought I might want to work. And just sending them a quick email or a note on Twitter saying, "Hey, can I have a quick chat with you about what you do um, over coffee? My treat." Um, or if it was someone who was far away, um, you know, do you have do you have fifteen minutes just to have a quick video chat with me um, about about your job and what you do? I just I have a couple of questions. Um, I actually did that one with with Brad Frost really early on in my career. He's really really busy these days, so don't don't bother him. Uh, you can do that to me if you want, but. Uh, poor Brad, leave him alone. But he was really, really cool. He like, he jumped on a a call and he had a whole bunch of conversations with me about, um, or talked with me a whole bunch about like things that worked for him, things that didn't, some of his experiences. And it was all really, really helpful. Um, and I did that, uh, like a lot. And, um, and I reached out to various people. Um, and so when you talk to folks in this nature, there's a couple of things you want to get at. Um, so what you don't want to do is say, hey, I'm looking for a job. Are there any job openings you know about? Because um, that feels like a very one-sided kind of thing. Like it's very clear that you're just there to like take something from them. Um, and really what you want to do is you want to um, you want to learn more about the kind of role the person is in to see if it's something you'd actually be interested in. You want to learn more about the company and you want to put yourself kind of in their frame of mind so that if there is a job you'd be a good fit for, you come to mind and they'll they'll mention you or tell, you know, tell you about it. But you're not doing this to to literally just get a job that you can go interview for. Um at least not directly. So, when I would have these conversations, I would ask questions like, you know, so can you tell me a little bit about what like your day-to-day is like? What's a typical day like for you in this role? Are there any kind of critical skills that you think someone doing this job has to have to be successful? How do you see this job changing over the next few years? Like what's what's coming down the the line that's going to completely change the way your job works? And in our field, You know, down down the line can be as short as six months, right? But it's important because it tells you the kinds of things that you might want to focus on as kind of next skills to develop. Um, And then I used to always like to close these out, especially if they were in person, by asking if they knew of anyone else who I might benefit from talking to. And a lot of times people would recommend two or three other folks that I should go chat with. And after doing this for about six months or so, I built this really big web of um, web of folks I knew at a lot of different companies. And if I found a role at that job that I wanted, I could reach out to them and they could put put me in touch directly with the hiring manager. Um, sometimes they would find out about roles um, and they would let me know about them um, sometimes before they were published on on the web, which was great. Um, and then the very first job I ever had as a web developer, I actually got that way. I was sitting next to somebody at um, Artifact Conference, and I was just chatting with him. And I, I happened to mention that I was, you know, I was looking for, for a job that I was working in HR. Here's some of the cool stuff I've been working on. Um, and, uh, you know, like, that was it. And then, like, th- three weeks, four weeks later, he reached out to me um, to tell me there was an opening on his team that he thought I might be a good fit for. Um, and, and that was that. Um, so there's obviously more to it than just networking, right? So, um, uh, one of the things that seems to come up, um, come up a fair bit, um, or that people often like to kind of have put together is a portfolio, right? To show off some of the things you've done. Um, and, uh, you know, if you've never had a job before, how do you put together a portfolio? How do you have experience to show? Well, one of the things I did, um, was I spent a lot of time building, some, some side projects, some open source projects, some things I could show off just so I had something to show that I can actually write code. Um, so for me, it was a couple of um, GitHub projects that I was more proud of than others. Um, you know, some, uh, some, some plugins, and I think I'd built like a CSS library, just some stuff like that. But I also, um, I volunteered with a local animal rescue organization who had an absolutely abysmal website. Um, and I updated it for them and I was able to talk about you know, some of the stuff I did for them. And so that became part of my portfolio too. And so those are some things you can do to maybe build that experience if you don't have it yet. Now, one of the ways I see people screw up portfolios pretty, pretty meaningfully is that they end up just being like pretty pictures of shit that you've built um, and a list of like key skills. Like, here's, here's a photo of the website. Here's a link to it. And then I was responsible for the CSS, the HTML, and like the responsive web design. And that's, um, to be honest, that's pretty useless. Like that doesn't really get at the stuff that a hiring manager would want to know. What you really want to do is you want to write case studies that discuss the challenges you faced while working on this project. Um what it was you were actually trying to solve some of the decisions you made along the way and why you made those decisions and then the outcomes that happened as a result so for example um, the animal rescue that i worked with paws new england um, over at pawsnewengland.com uh there where we uh, my wife and i got our last um, our last dog our rescue pup that we adopted um, they um, they had a website that looked dated that was not reflective of their brand And that was not tied into any sort of content management system. So they couldn't update content themselves. They were dependent on a web developer who, um, you know, was sometimes difficult to get a hold of. And so it made it difficult for them to do, um, you know, do their work. So I did a few things. Um, I had conversations with them around how they worked. I did some research around what sorts of things People looking to donate to uh, a charity or work with the charity uh, or adopt a dog m- most care about. Um, and, you know, so things like finances, how the organization actually works and does what it does um, were top of mind. So we made sure we put those on the homepage. Um, I tied them into a content management system that they could access themselves so they could update some of their own content and share news with um with people who wanted to learn more about them. I set them up with a registration form for their newsletter so they could keep in touch with adopters and donors. Um, and then I talked about all of these things in the case study. So I was able to show not just that I know how to write code, but I know how to add value to a business. Because at the end of the day, you're not being hired to write code, you're being hired to solve problems for a company. Um, and ultimately to help you know make them money or drive their business goals forward. And um, it's, it's tough, like if you're not really in that mindset, like I, I'm i honestly, I just like for me, I just, I love writing code, I like making things. Um, but kind of the the way I'm, I'm able to stay employed is by showing that I can do those things in a way that drives value for a business. And so it can be uncomfortable at first if that's not really your mindset, but it's an important part of the job seeking process, um, just the overall employment process. Um, the other thing here you've probably already picked up on is that like job boards suck. They just they are they're the worst. like um, especially the really big popular ones, like like you know like monster and indeed and stuff like that. Um, they it's not the sites themselves. it's just they are bad ways to find jobs because when you post there as a company, you get swamped with resumes. One of the downsides of making it easier for people to apply for jobs, Because like back in the day, you you may not remember this, but back in the day, um, you used to have to like print out a resume, stuff it in an envelope, slap a stamp on it, mail it to a company's HR department and like let them know you were looking. And now you can just like go online and like upload a PDF and call it a day. Um, And, uh, you know, but it used to be so much harder. And now that it's easy, you get a lot of people applying for jobs they're not really qualified for, um, just kind of like giving it a shot and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, uh, and so these companies, they get swamped with more resumes than they can reasonably look through for any particular role that they have. So as a result, these companies like Monster and Indeed and and many others, um, started building tools into these systems that allow you to, um, kind of filter out resumes before they get sent to a person. So it may be like a resume has to have a certain density of keywords in it or a minimum educational requirement, or some other sort of criteria in order to get you seen by a real person. And what ends up happening is a lot of times, you know, you'll send in these resumes, you never hear back from anybody, it gets really disheartening. It's honestly because a an actual person never even saw your resume. I mean, part of it is like shitty recruiters just not getting back to people like that, that happens too, I'm not gonna lie. But um, a lot of it is like your resume just not getting seen by a person. So The thing to remember here is that um, recruiters are lazy. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, I'm really lazy, too. But, um, like, they are not going to get creative with the keywords they're looking for, for example. Um, So when they have certain things they want the system to flag against, they will pull words, like important words, directly from a job description and tell the system to look for those in a resume. And so... When you're writing a resume, you should customize it a little bit for each job you apply for. And one of the easiest ways to do that is to pull keywords directly from the job description. Like don't get creative with your language. So if they say they're looking for someone who has experience building e-commerce websites, don't say that you architected online stores, because the computer isn't smart enough to figure out that those are the same thing. Say you built an e-commerce site, use the exact words that are in the job description, it's gonna make you more likely to get seen by a person. Um, One other thing I see a lot of folks do is like, the order of their resume is all wrong. So like up at the very top, what you really want is not like your education, you don't wanna launch directly into the roles you've had, you want to include a summary of experience, um, uh, like a, a why you kick ass right up at the top. And that usually includes one to two sentences about what you do. So mine today might read, um, you know, uh, Chris Ferdinandi is a JavaScript expert and front-end developer with experience in um, web performance and, um, you know, something else. I don't know. I'm just kind of spitting this off the top of my head. So so bear with me a bit. Um, you know, yours might be something like, um, you know, a, a front end developer with um, experience in or, you know, specializing in whatever kind of thing you happen to specialize in. So, you know, maybe it's, um, you know, maybe it's something like CSS design systems or, but you want to pick one to three things that, you have a focus on and again ideally you want those things to be directly related to the role you're applying for um so once this first of all they'll give you a little bit more keyword density for that that resume filtering system but then once this thing gets in front of a person they're going to look at your resume for 10 to 15 seconds max before deciding whether to toss it aside or read more so right at the very top you want to hammer into their head This is why I am an awesome person for this job. You can see it in one to two sentences. I I have the skills you need. And then underneath that paragraph, you want to have somewhere between three and six bullets that explain very specifically some of the kind of the tangential skills you have. So, you know, mine would read things like HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, Um, um, you know, Building large JavaScript-based applications, web performance, um, uh, unit testing—you know, just a couple things like that. And again, you want to pull these from the resume. Um, by the way, I um, I, I have a career guide uh, that I wrote a while ago um, over at gomakethings.com/career-guide. I will put a link to that in the show notes. You can grab a free copy of it with the code free career at checkout. Um, that comes with my resume template that I've actually had really, really good luck with. um, And I picked up from a more senior HR guy when I was just starting my career. Um, So uh, it might benefit you to go grab a copy of that um, if for nothing else than the resume guide um, or the resume template rather, um, because it it really works. Um, The other thing here, um, I, I often see people put their education up high, especially if you're early out of school. You're really proud of where you graduated, Um, It feels really important. I totally get it. I used to do it too. The thing is, no one actually cares about your education, especially not in our field. Um, Maybe if you apply to Google, they give a shit, but like Google's terrible. Um, It used to be uh, like there are certain fields where this matters more, right? Like if you're going into medicine or finance or something like that, uh, big four accounting firms absolutely care about where you went to school and your GPA. Web development roles, usually not. Um, you should put that at the very end um, of your resume. It is the least important thing that's going to be on there. Um, for each item, when you when you like when you have job descriptions, um, or, you know like here's what I did. Um, you know like here's the company I worked at. Here's what I did, or here's the project I worked on. Here's what I did. For each of the bullets underneath the the item with here's what I did. Don't just talk about what you did. Talk about the impact it had on the business. Focus on business outcomes. So again, pause New England. Um, Tied website into content management system, allowing the organization to more effectively manage and update their content and keep in touch with donors and adopters. Um, It's okay if this goes a sentence or two, uh, runs onto two, even three lines. Um, It's really important to show outcomes really really important. Naturally this makes your resume a little bit longer. People always get really weird about like it has to fit on a page, it has to fit on a page. Um it it doesn't. It's okay to go over one page. For an entry level job, two pages is okay. If you're more senior, you can push it to three. I would try not to go beyond that. As you get into your older jobs, you can minimize what you did there, like just include the job and the dates. You don't necessarily have to include all the the bullets and outcomes because they become less relevant. Um, Save that for the newer stuff. But um, yeah, don't be afraid to go over a page. Um, It's way more important to show the things you did and the outcomes than it is to keep it short and minimal. Um, uh, You don't have to fill up that second or third page either. Like if you only go halfway down the page and that's all you need, totally fine. Just leave it there. so, uh, yeah, that's, um, that's about it for today. Um, remember if you, if you want that resume template, if you want to dig deeper into topics like this, um, head over to gomakethings.com slash career dash guide and grab a free copy of my career guide with the code free career at checkout. Um, again, I'll throw this all in the show notes too, but, um, uh, I think that'll be a real, real good thing. Um, if you know, uh, you're looking or you're thinking about looking covers a lot of the stuff we've talked about in more detail. Some stuff that I didn't include my resume templates, as well as some interviews I had with some folks about their career stuff. Um, so might be interesting for you. Uh, that's it for today. Um, just one last thing. If you want to finally master JavaScript, head over to vanillajsguides.com and check out my pocket guides and video courses. They are short, focused, and made for beginners. You'll learn the ins and outs of a topic in under an hour. I will see you next time. Cheers.